My name is Ishan Rola. And I'm Annie Knudsen. And welcome to Hidden in Plain Sight, the podcast where students from different areas of life, undergraduate, graduate, or medical school, share their stories with mental health. A quick warning to those listening, this podcast deals with heavy themes such as depression, anxiety, and suicide, and it is left unfiltered in regards to language and content. Additionally, this podcast is not meant to put down in any way the mental health resources brought on campus. However, we must acknowledge how they cannot serve every student. Every week, you will hear a new student tell their story. We hope these stories will shine a light on the often overlooked issue of mental health and provide a place of comfort for those currently suffering. So, without further ado, let's get into this week's story. we're gonna get started so our first question is just like what kind of mental illnesses have you struggled with in your lifetime so the only mental illness that I personally struggle with um which actually happened during my college experience would be depression depression okay um do you remember the first time you kind of dealt with depressive episodes or like if there was a first instance that you know you um sort of noticed that you were having mental health issues like maybe like share a story or like a timeline of when you started to feel that way um yeah I think about this sometimes I I I can't pinpoint like a direct time or Mm -hmm. like the initial event necessarily but I do remember the time period overall um it was in 2016 and I think that like maybe my first symptoms I didn't want to realize that they were um symptoms of depression or like maybe was in denial but one thing I do think about um or one thing that comes to mind that is reflexive was um I just was having a rough week like I just wasn't feeling good it was just more so one of my lower moments and it was during like finals week and I had to submit this paper but it was just so confusing like I couldn't figure it out um, and I just kind of completely shut down. Like, it was my final grade. Like, I didn't turn it in. I didn't complete it. And, like, I, I pretty much, like, didn't even try. And that was an example of, like, what it means sometimes when I, like, shut down from being Right, right. So would you say that that's, like, the particular instance that sort of led you to believe that something was wrong? Or was there sort of a moment where you're like, I need to go do something about this that wasn't that moment? Okay, so I'm kind of going to break that up. So that sure. necessarily wasn't that moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the aha, like, okay, maybe I should go get some help. But it was definitely a moment where, like, I thought, like, maybe something is wrong. Because school, I've always done well in school. I've mm-hmm. always liked school. And though, like, I struggled with school a little bit, a little bit when I was more um, in the STEM major, it was mm-hmm. just something that I never would give up on. Like, that wasn't. Right. What I identify as a characteristic in myself is just to completely give up. Like, I'm always just the type of person, I'll persevere through whatever I need to do to get it done, I'll get it done. So, like, mm-hmm. when I realized that that was, like, outside of, like, my um, personality, and I almost felt as if I couldn't control it, that's when I kind of realized that it was a problem. But I don't think that I actually sought help for it mm-hmm. until two years later. Later, and that that stemmed from just my 
emotions being up and down without any like without any reason there wasn't anything going on right. necessarily and I think like the chemical imbalance got to me because I was thinking like well why am I this way there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong in my life I don't have anything to necessarily be quote-unquote sad about right. or down about and after dealing with that for a long amount of time and doing things on my own trying to fix it because mm-hmm. I am a Christian um you know and just like praying and things like that and when nothing seemed to work consistently that's when I realized, like, okay, maybe this is a bigger issue than right. what I might perceive it to be. Right. So you said that you did eventually go um, to seek help. When you did that, what exactly did you do? Did you go try therapy right away? And if you did, um, did they di- like did they diagnose you, or were you more like self-diagnosed? So initially, I guess I just self-diagnosed. Mm-hmm. I was. I self-diagnosed myself. I don't know right. if that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that. And when I did seek help, um, she did diagnose me. Like, she got, like, some of my information. Mm-hmm. My mom also suffers with um, bipolar depression. Okay. So based on, like, her observation and stuff, I was diagnosed with it. So when you went to go see the therapist, did um, do you feel like that helped a lot, therapy? And... Were you also, like, prescribed anything, if you don't mind sharing? And do you feel like one helped more than the other? I think therapy helps. I'm just reserved saying worked because I don't think anything necessarily would work. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that was, like, the wrong word. I'm just saying, like, how I interpret it. Right. Just because I feel like something, it'll it'll be lifelong just Mm -hmm. because I've seen it before. So I just think it's something you deal with, but you deal with it in the best way right. that you can. So therapy sort of teaches you how to cope, cope better and, like, how to, you know, help change your way of thinking, I guess, a little bit more. And then you have to persistently work at it. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Exactly. Um, she did. So, yeah, that's – I think therapy helps a lot in, mm-hmm. versus just, like, my perspective. If I'm going through stuff, how to deal with it uh-huh. in the best way possible versus, like – if I feel like I'm going to completely shut down, like maybe mm-hmm. take a step back and say, I'm going to do something else instead. So I think that therapy helps me see it from a different light and it, it holds me accountable because it's like, okay, this is something that I'm dealing with, but it is not necessarily who I am. She suggested that I take um, medicine, but it's just not something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. The only alternative she um, proposed was to exercise because it released like your happy hormones Mm -hmm. endorphins don't quote me but I think that's what they are um that's why I left the STEM field Um, (laughs) so the problem with that is finding the motivation like lack of motivation right was something I was struggling with and find the motivation to actually do that for your body to react to it um and but I did start working out like I actually hired a trainer because I was like this is the only way that I'm going to be able to do it so I think that works as well because it just makes you feel good because mm-hmm. you're working out. Like, it literally gives you more energy. Like, you're working towards something. And then I realized working out, I had to actually eat right. Right. <laughs> Those, unfortunately, go hand in hand. Okay. Well, I, I think that's awesome. You're the first person who I've interviewed who, like, who has suggested, like, exercise as, like, a way to help with it. So I think that's really interesting. So I'm proud of you for like sticking with it because I took a Pilates class like yesterday (laughs) with my with one of my roommates and it was so hard I'm so sore from it so I feel like yeah but it's like I think it's the hard part it's hard to get through but it's like the once you actually get through like Mm -hmm. I literally spent a week and I was telling him like 
this is the hardest thing I ever done. And then yeah. I came back and did another, and I'm like, no, this is the hardest. You're thing right. I ever done. And literally the third day, I was like, no, this is it. Like, this is hard. So like, you think it's hard in that mm-hmm. moment, and then you go through something else, and you get through it, and that's kind of like the same thing, right. parallel as to like what depression's happened. Like, something bad happens, but right. you get through it. So right. I think the reward is what keeps me going. Okay, cool. So I know you mentioned that your mom was also diagnosed, did you say, depressive? Bipolar depression. Okay. Is she the only member of your family that's been diagnosed with any other mental health issues, or is there, like, a family history of it besides that? Um, There's actually a family history. I can't, I mean, I can't go into detail because I really don't know necessarily. Right. But my mom is a twin, mm-hmm. and I know that her brother has, um, like a mental illness but I I really don't know Mm -hmm. what it is and then my cousin which is his daughter Mm -hmm. suffers from like some mental illnesses but I only really know my mom like specifically right right I just know broad term right those other two people okay so since you have family members who have struggled with something similar do you feel like you've been really open to talking with your mom about the things that you've struggled with yes so I would say I felt open to talk to my mom mm-hmm. about it, not any like she was going to pass any judgment type thing, right. but just the relationship that we have. I didn't want to tell her because I know she's going to feel like she can't do anything right. about it because I'm here and she's there or she can't like actively help me. So those are my reservations, but it stemmed more from a place of like, I just really didn't want her to worry. Right. Rather. Um, however, I did tell her. You did? Yes. I just, and it was kind of random. We were just... I mean, it probably related to it in some aspect, but I just kind of, like, said it. Mm-hmm. And I just remember she started talking about, like, her experience, which she's always been, like, super open and mm-hmm. honest about, and how she just, like, keep going mm-hmm. and, like, just tell herself, like, to get up and go, like, throughout the day, like, literally, like, force herself to get up. And really, at the time, I perceived it as a little insensitive because she didn't really, like ask me like about my experience right. and what that looked like she kind of just went toward like what she does and like how she kind of like is overcoming it mm-hmm. and I kind of just thought it was selfish in a sense because she kind of just ended saying like well I forced myself to get up or and I think she said like you have to like get out of the vet and stuff and I was like okay I get that but that's you know what I'm saying it's mm-hmm. not it's always easier. that easier and yeah. I easier said than done and I felt like if anyone should understand that, it should be her. Right. So that's how it initially went. It wasn't, I didn't take it to, or I try not to take it to heart because I know, like, mm-hmm. whatever she said or did. And it wasn't like she explicitly did something negative right. or bad. It just wasn't how I envisioned. Right. Like, it's coming from a good place, but sometimes yeah. it's hard. I just, I just, I guess I anticipated her to just maybe ask me about it mm-hmm. more. And it wasn't really like that it was just like kind of her like giving right. me advice which I know and her and at that time she felt was most beneficial but I realized I kind of wanted something different and then mm-hmm. the second encounter I think I told her I was like taking a nap or I told her I was like mm-hmm. asleep or something so I guess she just internalized that I was just was like in the bed all day not doing right. anything and she like kept calling my phone like mm-hmm. repeatedly and I just don't like that. She was insinuating that she felt something was wrong. And mm-hmm. it was just like, don't assume that unless I express that to you. Right. I'm literally taking a nap. So she like completely overreacted. And in that moment, I still was like, I just feel like I regretted it. And the third part was like the kumbaya. Like we kind of talked about it. Right. And I told her like 
what I wanted and like I understand like she was worried and like that came from a good place but I didn't internalize it that way and like that's not what I want so we talked about like just needs and wants and like boundaries and things like that so that helped and I mean conclusively it worked out great right. but it definitely was kind of like a back and forth right that's definitely like a really important conversation to have I think that it's great that you were able to be like so open yeah and talk to her about that I feel like that's always hard to sometimes it's just you don't want to tell your parents to be like hey we need to do this different <laughs> so you said you were diagnosed in college so do you feel like you still struggle with it like with uh, depression a little bit like in your daily life Yes, yeah, so I actually was just technically diagnosed last year. So it's fairly recent. Um, so I definitely struggle with it in my daily life. Um, and I think the most, like the biggest struggle is just the lack of control. Like right. everyone, I'm not going to say everyone, but I'm a control freak. Like mm-hmm. I want to control everything. I like to be organized. Right. And it's just like when you feel like, I mean, there's always something to stress about, but when there's not, like, a pressing factor mm-hmm. of anything going on in your life and you can't control your emotions and they're extreme, I think that's the part that I struggle with right. the most. And, like, accept, and actually accepting it and, like, working toward it versus, like, soaking in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I still, like, even, like, recently, like, okay. when I came back from, um, like, spring break, it was just, it was like that adjustment period mm-hmm. and it was just like okay I just like kind of didn't do like anything like for Saturday for Sunday and Monday like I don't have class on Mondays I mm-hmm. literally was in bed for like the entire time like right. didn't do anything and then it's like also the aspect you beat yourself up about that like mm-hmm. okay like I literally could have just got out of the bed or right. I could have physically done something and I didn't do it so I think that's like the struggle but then I'll have days like today I'll get up and then I'll get everything that I need mm-hmm. for the day done. But it's just a constant kind of like back and forth. Right. And I never know. All right. Um, so how would you say that you like, I guess, internalize um, your depression? Like, how does it feel for you? Like some people have said like a hopelessness or just like they just feel tired. A couple of people I've talked to have just been like it's just kind of different for everybody yeah so yeah it's definitely different for Mm -hmm. everybody um especially in a on a scale like it's more severe or less severe and I think that kind of plays into how I internalize it because I'm just so caught up in like okay depression looks one way Mm -hmm. and even for myself going through I have to understand that it that it doesn't like growing up like everyone kind of like knew that my mom was depressed because like certain episodes and things she would have and I feel like I don't my depression is not forced out in the open Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's hard for me to deal with because it's like in terms of like talking to people it's not just like oh hey like hit your friend up like I'm going through this I went through a breakup let's talk about it let's get Mm -hmm. through it it's weird to text your friend like hey I feel like shit but I have no idea why it's kind of like I don't even know what to say Mm -hmm. so it's like how can I expect someone else to say and then it's also the thing of like, well, I'm the friend that has everything together. So how can I like even talk to anybody when it's like I have this like not necessarily a facade, but just like this image about myself. Like, how can I even ask for help when I don't even know what I need or why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling? So I think that's what it kind of looks like for me on a day to day basis.
choose an adjective, it would just be something like, um, like unpredictable. Okay. It's just very predictable. So, have you have you told any of your friends about what you struggle with, or is there like any friends that you feel comfortable going to and talking to? Like, how how is your support system, I guess, in that sense, with your friends? I, I say overall, like my support system is great. Like that's good. Um, initially, like a couple years ago, I told my friends that I felt that way because it was impacting my friendships. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times, I wouldn't go places. Like it 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 also feels like sometimes I can't be social. Sometimes it'll feel like it almost feels impossible to be around other people. Like it, it feels like it's draining just to be around like a lot of people and having to talk during that time. And I know that sounds weird, I guess, now that I'm actually saying it out loud. <laughs> but that's the actual feeling. It's just like, and it's not because I don't want to be around people. Like I love my friends or I love being around people. So it's hard to like internalize something that you don't feel is natural. I told my friends like my close friends about it two years ago and they were very supportive like during that time Mm -hmm. um but that was just like kind of it and then they also like encouraged me to like go to counseling and I kind of drug my feet about that so I know like my two closest friends they kind of stuck with me on it Mm -hmm. like hey like we see that you're like we said you're gonna do this but you kind of didn't so they kind of helped me like actually do it because my one friend she went to counseling Mm -hmm. and I think that gave me the courage to actually go to but I still like have reservations because um and it and I understand it didn't come up from a place of like malice but maybe just like you know like confusion like well are you sure you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying like is it might be something else which is totally fine but sometimes even that smallest little thing can be like okay like no I don't want to tell like anyone else but overall I think my friends are like great and they like check on me it's good that you have a um a support system that you feel comfortable going to yeah because a a lot of people they don't have that sort of thing i feel like it can be a lot harder if you don't have people that you feel like you can turn to one thing that i'm kind of curious about is what you would like describe as like one of the worst days or worst moments that you might have had in your depression like in your depression or if there's not one it's just like kind of been very the same um that's a great question I'm trying to think I don't think there's necessarily like one instance Mm -hmm. that stuck out there's actually been a couple times I feel like I've had like breakdowns Mm -hmm. where I just don't know what to do Mm -hmm. like I just feel like a failure whether it's because something happened academically or like personally I mean I've had a couple of those and I can't say like one right in particular the other but I think those will probably be the worst it's just when I it's kind of when I've been like not necessarily dealing with it Mm -hmm. and just kind of like everything builds up yeah it just kind of builds up and then like reaches its peak and I'm just like freaking out like I'm literally going through like people to talk to but then I'm also going like well what are they going to say and it's also like well I've told them this before it sounds like the same exact thing from four months ago so like just like that moment where you're like you just can't do everything like you're just thinking about all of the worst things like possible like mm-hmm. all the like worst outcomes and it just feels like the world is like on top of you it's true yeah so I was just wondering what you would have like what what advice you would tell somebody who doesn't have a mental illness um who maybe wants to help a friend or just some like misconceptions about people with mental illness that you've noticed and that you think uh need to be addressed okay i think the advice that i'll give to you or anyone else Mm -hmm. who 
feels like, okay, I'm willing to help. Like, I want to do like whatever I can. It kind of just ties me back to the, like, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Like, depression looks different for everyone. So, um, the first piece of advice would, to, would be, like, assess. Like, assess your friend. Would they be a type of person that wants to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Like, not want to talk about it? Like, wants you there all the time or not? Right. So, you kind of assess that. See, like, if this is something that you mm-hmm. are willing or even capable mm-hmm. of doing. And then, from that moment, just ask them. Right. Like some people just aren't vocal. Like it was very hard for me to like mm-hmm. to be vocal about things. So like maybe a couple of years ago, I just needed a friend to be like, hey, like I see like things are kind of different. Like your patterns are changing. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I think that would have helped me a lot because it would have forced me to be to realize like that there is a problem. So maybe in a step where people are trying to like figure out if it's a problem or not or if they need to seek help. I think that would be the best thing is just literally to talk to them and be like, hey, like, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want? How do you want me to be a friend? Because what I've learned just about life and friendships, how I want, let's just say, you to be a friend, right. you might not want me to be a friend in that way. Right. Like everyone needs different things. And I think it's just important to learn that don't think about what you would want. Think about right. what your friends want. And the only way to really know that is to ask them. The same is always like, oh, I'm here if you need me. But some people aren't able to like vocally express that um so like what would you say to someone who like doesn't really understand mental health at all um okay I think I would just say because I feel like people who think that way um they just don't understand like mm-hmm. I just feel like it's ignorance like you you can't and depression is the thing like like you probably understand the best way you can but you really don't understand it until right. you go through it mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that you don't understand what it is people can understand this is this but they don't know how it feels yeah and it's just like I experienced that because like growing up with my mom like mm-hmm. as a kid you know what I'm saying I would just always be like okay well like why isn't she doing this or like why can't she do it? like if she would like miss an event or maybe something small or like why she's like sleeping all day like mm-hmm. in my mind I was very like harsh on her because it's like you're my mom like you're supposed to be doing these things and you're falling short of it when from my perspective it just looks as though you can do it so I think that I would just say to someone is just try to have empathy we're all going through shit it's just everyone's shit looks different so right it's just like some people can hide the shit that they're going through and others mm-hmm. can't so it's like sometimes people are depressed like they can't but it's just like that person who may not be suffering from depression right it's just other things that you are going through in your life that you may want someone to shed sympathy on even if it's like losing a loved one you will want empathy and sympathy from your friends Mm-hmm. Just because there's not a certain event or you can't necessarily understand exactly, like, why that person is like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't mean that they don't deserve the empathy that you right. wanted when you were grieving. And I think it's hard to understand depression because it's not like we can't, like, anything else, like, is more tangible. Like, you have cancer, there's a tumor that you mm-hmm. can see. Like, if you have the flu, you have these symptoms that right. forces your body to do this. But depression is more abstract, but... I think if it makes it easier for someone to understand, like, it can be a chemical, well, it is a chemical imbalance Mm -hmm. in your brain. Like, it's not just a feeling that can go away. And people feel like feelings are temporary, and they are, but it's just, like, this is the onset of, like, feelings. So it's, like, it's a chemical imbalance. And I think maybe if people, if that would help them to view it as something. Mm -hmm. I always like to use the analogy of, like, diabetes because like that's not something like you could tell by like looking at somebody like you can't tell they have diabetes you you, there's no way to know whether 
their body makes like insulin or not by like looking you're not like that guy doesn't make insulin like you know but if somebody were to come up to you and be like oh yeah like I have diabetes you're not going to be like that doesn't exist because you can't (laughs) see it it. it's like you don't look like you have diabetes it's like it doesn't matter like you nobody looks like they have like depression like there's not like a type of person who gets it like everybody can get it like every like anybody could have diabetes and so like sure. to me that's why I think it's ridiculous that people are, are like oh that's not a thing um what would you want to tell somebody um who's going through something similar to what you have gone through I would like, say just from like basic knowledge and like literally like reading up on it when mm-hmm. like depression becomes life or death is to just literally like seek help and I feel like that's so fucking cliche But it kind of really does make the difference because it's harder to deal with stuff on your own. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, seek help from anybody that you trust. And if you honestly don't feel like you have anyone around you that you trust or support you, like seek professional help. And I know that's also maybe not be tangible for people too because of healthcare and things like that. But if you don't, if you can't seek professional help, like literally just like talk to a friend and that sounds cliche too, but it helps. I don't think it's cliche. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> I think it just helps to like, um, for someone similar to me, it just helps to like actually say it because once mm-hmm. you say it, then it becomes real and once it becomes real, then you can tackle it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're still in that denial phase, like you're just right. going to keep saying, I'm going to do this. Like it, was, it literally was days that turned into months that turned into right. years and was like, I'm going to do this to get my shit together. Like, this ain't right. going to do this, this, that. And then just, I never progressed. Like, I was always, like, stagnant at, at best. Um, or if I did regress, you know what I'm saying? So, I would just say, I would just say, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. there's, even regardless of the stigma, like, don't focus on the people who don't understand it. Because for all of the people who don't understand, there's two times as more people who do. So, it's like, focus your energy on finding those people like if your friends are if you do talk to your friends and they shut you down go find new fucking friends i know that sounds like okay where i'm gonna find friends but literally like surround yourself around people who uplift you because depression or not like everyone needs a support system and it's just like depression is gonna be there i don't think i've never spoken to someone they're like yeah like i'm not depressed anymore like I honestly right. haven't so it's like this is going to be a constant battle that you mm-hmm. have throughout your life so the only thing that I can see is to make it better or to cope with it is to have a good space around you you know the people I've spoken to who went to counseling like who have therapists like that helped them a lot too and mm-hmm. I love I love my therapist like she's great so I would just say is your therapist just sorry I don't mean to interrupt you but is your therapist um from like Ohio State's one or is it is it outside so it's technically outside OSU okay I guess I have a story about that too like I initially when I first like reached out I think you like do it online or something and then they were like all booked up right actually on campus that's a that's a theme we've been hearing so because I just couldn't remember it was so long ago they were all booked up on like the on-campus like Mm -hmm. um, counseling services so as an alternative I was like well like, for me, it was, like, if I have to wait fucking a couple months, like, I just don't want to do it. Like, that just doesn't sound like it'll be helpful. Right. Just my pessimistic view. Right. But, well, it's like you, you needed help then. Why, right. why else and would you be going and it took me to so ask much for help to get then? To this, it, like, took me so much right. courage to get to this point just to be, like, well, 
now you have to wait. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. if I have to wait, then I don't really need it. Yeah. So I just remember, like, the first couple appointments I made, I remember I did cancel them because I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, it's just this dude. And honestly, think, I think he was, like, a white dude. And I was just like, how am I going to sit here and tell him my problems? Like, mm-hmm. he probably had nothing in common with me. Though I know it probably wouldn't have been like that, but that was just my own personal mm-hmm like reservations that I was putting I was like I'm just not going to feel comfortable and I think right. that that's okay like yeah. I'm not saying that I need to pass judgment on anybody right but you need to speak to someone who you feel most comfortable exactly with. for so for me that was at least someone who looks like me because it's like mm-hmm. anybody you're speaking to about this you don't know me you know what I'm saying right. like, I know this is your profession but for me it was like how can I really sit here uh-huh. and tell you like some of the things that are like like the most deepest things that I feel like I just it was just very hard for me so I was like okay the only way that I'm going to remotely do this is just someone who looks like me because that's my comfortability level right so then it was an alternative um I remember the dude said uh he was like well I'll give you a list of like outside people that may or may not like take all insurance but he had, like, never sent the list, like, mm. so I was like, okay, literally, like, this just wasn't meant to be, right. and then that's when my friend stepped in, like, hey, like, I know you said you were going to counseling, I was like, oh, I did, I tried. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so then I, like, went back, dug up that email, and I was like, hey, like, I know you said you are going to do this, right. and he was like, I'm so sorry, like, that didn't send it, so he sent it, and then that's when I finally found, like, um, hers. She's um, outside of OSU, but, like, she takes OSU insurance. Okay, um, that's good. It's Meadows Counseling, like a Meadow Counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, okay. like, that's how it works. So I can't speak to OSU. Specifically, right. I know, like, my friend, she said that she liked it. Okay. So that's one Yeah, know, that's good. good. Yeah, it. yeah. So I guess if you get in, it probably is beneficial. Right, right. So our final question, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. So, hi, um, to whoever's listening. <laughs> my name is Faith McGrady. I'm currently a senior at Ohio State. My major is sociology, and I'm minor in public health, and my hometown is Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you for doing this, and I really appreciate you coming in here and talking about that. Thank you. Thanks for getting back with me and allowing to like share my story and like having a safe space where I feel comfortable. Thank you so much for listening. If you are or know someone currently going through depression, anxiety, or suicidal ideation, please make sure that they receive the help they need. Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. And despite the lack of resources available, all college campuses have some form of therapy and support. Additionally, if you are interested in sharing your story, please email either Annie Knudsen at knudsen.26 at osu.edu that's K-N-U-D-S-O-N dot two six at OSU dot edu or Ishan Rolla at Rolla dot three at OSU dot edu. That's R-O-L-A dot three at OSU dot edu. We would like to thank our mother organization, Universal Health Aid Columbus, an organization dedicated to improving universal health through preventative medicine, health education, leadership de- and leadership development. If you are interested in learning more, go to UHAColumbus.org. 
That's it for this week. We will see you next week.